This is the Business Briefcase Podcast, heard exclusively at loandesk.com.au. Hear business financing tips and interviews to grow your business. Okay, welcome to the Business Briefcase Podcast. This is number five in the series, and today we're going to be talking about the property-secured non-bank business lenders and loans. Um, This podcast can be found at loandesk.com.au, and today uh, we're going to be delving straight into the three popular types of um, of those secured business loans. There's first mortgages, second mortgages, and you may or may not have heard of caveat loans. Um, and that's just an adaptation or a different type of um, a lender that's around these days. So I guess everyone knows what a first mortgage is, Simon. And, you know, w- I mean, why are we even talking about first mortgage? It's such a simple product. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think we should clarify maybe a, a scenario where this sort of loan might come into play. So I'm, I'm thinking about, hey, we have a business owner, they might be renting a commercial premise mm. and they might look to buy that premise as that might be something which may look to reduce their overheads or maybe it's a strategic purchase within, I guess, the assets with, within their business. So that's the general scenario that we're looking at, right? Yeah, that's right. So we're looking at, um, you know, <clears throat> I guess one of the biggest gripes that we hear from business owners that come through Loan Desk and the reason why they're coming through Loan Desk is because they're looking for a non-bank lender because they've gone to the bank the yeah. bank said, what do you need the money for? They said, well, I need it for my business. And they've gone, well, okay, let's look at the profitability of your business. Have you got your financials up to date? Have you got right. all your bass up to date? Have you got any defaults? Have you got any tax arrears? What have you got? So what that's coming down to is do you service the bank's um, criteria? Yep. Like, Does the business have enough income to service? Or, you know, and one of the other things that people always say, they go, well, my business is profitable, but is it profitable enough the amount of money that you want to borrow because they're not going to look at your personal income because you're borrowing the money for the business they're going to look at the business's ability to repay that loan um so that's right so you'll need to show that you've got some positive cash flow for Mm. not just the last quarter not for the last year probably for the last several years right two years yep that's it yeah okay so for a lot of small businesses that might not be possible Mm mm-hmm yeah, I guess the common a common saying is that uh, the business was the, the the banks, you know, in these some of these situations will lend you money once you can prove that you don't need it. That's your favorite <laughs> that one, isn't it? You love I saying like that it. one. Yeah, I use it. I'm using it now, and I'm going to keep using it. Um, so, why are we talking about first mortgages, non-bank business lenders? We've got them on the network in loan desk. The reason why we're talking about them is because if you've been to the bank and you've, you know you're not really rejected, you just don't fit in their model, but then you think, well, what are the other options? Well, there's non-bank business lenders out there that will lend you um, on a lower risk profile. Now, that just means that they have a lower servicing ratio to the debt that you're borrowing, right? So your business might have a certain income, um, the bank might be looking for an an X level, where these guys are going to look at it at a lower level. So you're going to get the loan approved a lot quicker and easier. The second reason why we're talking about it is because their time and speed to settling those deals is a lot faster because that's what they do. They don't do all the banking stuff. They just do that property type lend for your business. Mm. Um, so um, it's basically exactly the same mechanism. It, it works exactly the same way. The, the difference is, is that you don't have a shiny bank badge on your, your loan statement. You've got a non-bank lender. Um, so, I mean, one of the other things as well is what we probably should really be talking about is the LVRs that these, you know, do they do they go higher? 
I mean, you, do you see that same? Is it, is it, are they going higher in the, the loan-to-value ratio? Yeah, it's, this is, a, I guess, a very interesting topic. Now, now, if we think back to a normal home loan, if you're a prime lender, then you know, and the magic number is 80%, isn't it? Mm. That's essentially where a bank will go to in terms of the loan to the value of the property. Uh, when we dip into the commercial space, um, again, quite different. We certainly don't see those LVRs going higher. We, if anything, mm. see them coming down, don't we? And, That's right. And that applies to both banks and to non-banks, right? It's mm. it's rarely that you'll that you'll see a bank go to eighty percent, although it does happen. Yeah. Um, generally, uh, because uh, as the loan is tied to the property, um, the value of a commercial property is um, a lot more lumpy, isn't yeah. it? It goes up and down and that's tied to the business cycle and it's tied to if there is a tenant within that property. So typically mm. we see banks and non-banks going to a lower loan loan to value ratio and for me mm. that magic number is about 65%. Would you agree? Yeah, so um, I think Simon stepped just slightly ahead about I'm always the doing 65%. That. Yeah, no, he's bounding head like a kangaroo. <laughs> but basically um, just he just mentioned 65% LVR, so there's a difference in the LVRs as well based on the property type that you're borrowing against. So, yes, you can get a business secured loan against your residential home as long as the ba- the the businesses are basically borrowing the money and taking the property as collateral security. So, when it's a residential home, you get a higher LVR. But yeah. what Simon was really saying is, if you're a business and you're you own a commercial premises. It's either a, a, a commercial office or an industrial unit. Um, especially in industrial unit space, you're going to get those LVRs push right down because what someone's trying to get at is, you know, when you drive out to those industrial areas and you look around and there's these, you know, these big industrial units and they've got you know dirty machines out the front or you know whatever, maybe mm. not, but. What the bank's looking at is if there's no tenant in that property, is that property going to be able to sold be sold? So when it's an owner-occupied property, they're looking at the business very heavily because that's going to be the tenant yeah. that determines what the real value of that property is going to be because commercial properties um, are valued differently to residential properties. Yep, they're yep. valued basically, you know, in layman's terms, they're valued based on the income that that property can bring into as well as the you know the hard asset or the the property or the dwelling you know situation that's there right um so what we're saying in a nutshell is that if it is a lend for business purposes but it's on a residential property you'll probably get somewhere up around the 80 percent yeah you get a higher lvr uh, if it's on a commercial industrial type of property then it's going to be lower somewhere around lower. 65 yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah. <coughs> we got it. but it's important to I guess point out that the the non-bank lenders um, even though you know they might some in some cases they'll push that LVR down slightly if they can't get the income up on the servicing um, but you'll you'll generally always get a, a quicker um, you know time to, to funding That's um, right. and you're probably more likely to get an approval however you might see a slight drop down in the LVR um, if, if you can't get it through the bank but going through the bank I mean you're probably looking at I don't know. Weeks, long, isn't it? How long is Weeks. a piece of string? You know, yeah. sometimes they take so long. You know, if you if you've got an opportunity, you need to borrow that money. Then you can use a non-bank lender. And what's the best case scenario if you do engage a non-bank lender? You've got all your ducks lined up, so you've yep. 
you've you've got the money which you need to throw into that deal um, you might have some financials you mm. can you can prove that hey there is there is some servicing um, what would be the best case scenario in terms of a turnaround time for that sort of deal do you think um, yeah Are I mean days yeah believe it or not believe it or not um, if you if you engage a lender um, especially in our network so what we do is we work with lenders that are working in specific areas so you might find one lender that works in the Sydney metro area and he knows that he knows the properties in Sydney so well mm. that he doesn't need to go and value that property he doesn't need to get a third party valuer in he will just go okay great I know what the property is I can do what's called a desktop valuation he probably knows the area he can drive out and see it or send someone from his office to go and see it and they can get that value real quick so you're looking at a basically just the time it takes to produce paperwork and how quickly you put that application in, accept their terms, and they'll be settling on that property, you know, like you said, within a few days, which is pretty impressive. And to top that off, um, you're looking at rates. Uh, I was having this conversation yesterday with one of the lenders, and the servicing was, well, if you went with the bank, you'd probably get, um, you know, 6.5% or something around that. But you'd have to go through all the servicing, the paperwork and everything, yada, yada, yada. But if you went with his product, basically you're looking at about the eight and a half to nine and a half percent per annum. Yeah, it's, yep. it's probably going to cost you more over the long run. It's in the same ballpark but, though, but isn't it? Yeah, I mean for three yeah. percent, it's always a trade-off, isn't it? It's always price versus speed, almost, isn't it? Yeah, and price. If you can wait, speed. then you might get a better rate. If you need to act now, and there's a variety of reasons why you might be, um, then hey there's options mm. for you there too yeah okay so look that's basically first mortgages yeah. um in a nutshell yeah non-bank lenders move quicker move faster and y- you know you might have a reduction in the ovr slightly more expensive but they can work very quickly um so yeah don't bother going and getting these really expensive first mortgages if you come across them we've got lenders that can get you just over bank rate so yep. <clears throat> that's the main thing we're trying to get across second mortgages um these are used when i guess simon you come across this a lot you know a second mortgage is when you've got usually a bank right yeah so um for me the scenario is slightly different so what we just first touched on was probably uh where we're looking to buy some sort of asset right so for me a second mortgage is hey we already own something Mm -hmm. uh we have a need for some for some capital for i want to grow my business i need some working capital i need to pay some urgent bills or even just some non-urgent bills Mm -hmm. Uh, i want to utilize some equity within my existing asset um and i want to do this quickly basically yeah 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 so yeah you got the first mortgage on there why do you use them i mean the beauty of these products i mean a second mortgage is such a simple concept right yeah you you've got equity you borrow a lump sum of cash they put it in your bank account do whatever you want with it there's no you know tie tie downs or anything um with second mortgages you can get short and long-term type ones you know some of them are three months some of them might go for 12 24 if you're lucky um but they still are short-term loans aren't they so whereas the first mortgage is probably going to be a 25 type year to 30 year type loan that's right second mortgages are very uh very uh, short in comparison to a first mortgage loan and the lender will typically want to see a payout period of about 12 months won't they yeah sometimes longer mostly 12 months or shorter yeah 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 so um there's one thing you really need to make sure you've got lined up uh, when i mean you come through loan desk you get put in touch with a second mortgage lender i mean the one thing the lender is going to ask you straight away is what is your exit strategy yeah how are you going to repay this because 
you, you're not going to get a second mortgage from a bank because you've already got a loan from them. So, yeah. And the reason why you're going through that process is because they won't extend any more credit to you. So you, you need a second mortgage. But So the second mortgage lender is not going to look at servicing. They don't want to analyze your business, look at your cash flows, all that jazz. They want to know from you what is going to pay back this loan. If it's in three months, you should have some sort of payback strategy. Is it going to be paid back through a large order that has been unpaid? Yeah. You know, all sorts of things like that. Or you're selling down an asset. Um, some people might be using it as a bridging between another investment property or um, buying some stock that's going to sell and repay the loan. Um, so exit strategy is the key to getting approved on these types of loans. Right. Mm. Uh, and we should probably touch on the loan-to-value ratios because it still applies very much so here. Again, yep. if we're talking about uh, the underlying property being a consumer type type house or a residential yep. house uh, mm-hmm. if you've already if you if your current loan to value ratio with your bank is 60% then you probably should expect to get an additional 20% up to the 80% mark through yep. a second mortgage Definitely. lender right yep. and if it is a commercial loan again that magic number is about the 65 mm-hmm. um, so if you've paid down that loan and you're currently at 50 mm-hmm. you know you should get around 15% of yeah. of the value of that property in terms of cash which you can action uh, and take up now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you can use that in your business um, for whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, I've got a question. So um, this is probably the most common scenario. So it's a business owner. Uh, they have their home property, right? So their f- family home possibly. Yep. Um, is it possible to access the, uh, the value or the equity within your home property for business purposes? And what's the restrictions or the constraints around that? Um, the main thing that, well, yes, there are constraints. Yes. Um, the lenders are quite cautious about owner-occupied homes, especially yeah. when there's a mum and dad and a family living in that home, mm. because what the you know basically what the courts do is they try to protect borrowers, and when borrowers, you know, go off and borrow money for their business, businesses fail, right? And then the property is exposed. So they want to be, you know, there's constraints around that. So um, lenders are very, very cautious, especially when, you know, just repeating myself, when there's a a mum and a dad on a property and the husband's running a business and he, you know, this is something that you'll hear from, you know, lender war stories is like, well, uh, well, the husband coerced the wife into signing the loan documents to get the money for the business and the business failed and now we're enforcing on that property um, Mm. and the wife's, you know, kicking and screaming. So... That's where you've just got to be careful. Um, and, you know, if you're borrowing the money, you've just got to make sure you got that exit strategy. So the constraints are the lender's going to look very heavily at that. If it's just you on the property title, right, you're the director of the business, you own a property by yourself, Yes. your wife's not on there, pretty much get that approval straight away. Right. You won't have any constraints because you're a director of a company which you are deemed to be a sophisticated investor or borrower. Yep. Um, and you're a director of a company so you know that's your asset so it's all tied into one but when you bring in your spouse who's got nothing to do with that business that's when things start to get a bit gray so lenders may not want to get involved in that type of scenario it's for obvious reasons yeah Yeah, okay yeah for obvious reasons there are situations where you'll still be able to do it so the wife might have to go off and get independent away from the husband legal advice right especially from a lawyer that she might have known for more than 12 months i see so um 
it's just making sure that she really understands what she's getting into and what are the consequences if this loan's it not It sounds repaid. like a few more sort of hoops or hurdles to jump through. A few hurdles, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. And, of course, you've got to prove that the money which you're accessing out of your home is being used for some business purposes, right? That's right. And so what does that involve? So you just need to obviously have a business plan or just a rough plan or something in place to show, hey, I want this money for X, Y, and Z? Yeah. Or is it just a conversation with these lenders? No, you need a credible story. I mean, yeah. and not a, a fake story, a real story. Yeah, that'd you be know. nice. Um, and some of these lenders now are going to the extent, they're going to actually double check up on what you're using the money for, you know. I mean, many years ago, people would say, oh, I'm using it for the business and yada, yada, yada. And then you find out that, you know, they gambled them. Oh, no, they actually gave it to someone else who offered some high investment opportunity and they lost the money and now oh, the lender's in trouble. So the lenders are now really conscious of that fact that they've got to make sure that they jump over you and maybe check some of those things if they don't seem quite up to scratch right. or there's maybe something funny about what you're using the money for. So don't go into the situation where you think, hey, I'm going to go borrow the money from the lender. Then they're going to deposit the money into my personal bank account and I'm going to go off and use that. Or I'm going to deposit that money into someone else's account and they're going to off and use that. What the lender's going to do is they're going to lend onto the business, put a mortgage over the property or second mortgage to secure it as collateral. But the money's going to go into that company's trading account. Yep. Right? So you as a director of that company are responsible for what happens to that money. Um, okay, that makes perfect so sense. Goes, yeah, yeah. I've got one more question for you, Lee, on second mortgages, and then uh, I'm keen to move on. Yeah. Uh, now, obviously, the uh, first mortgagee or the bank who really has the ultimate security over that property, uh, I'm assuming they would have a say in when a second mortgage is lodged or is not mm. lodged against their security. Uh, so, what needs to happen when a business owner has made the call, yes, I want to access some of the equity within my property, I want to speak to a second mortgage lender, I found the right one, I'm happy with the rates, yep. um, then what? This is brilliant. Um, this is this is the most common thing that always happens. Borrower comes along, goes to the lender, hey, can I borrow some money? And the lender goes, yeah, that's fine, um, but you're going to have to get what's called uh, a, a deed of priority or consent from the first mortgagee, mm. right? And so what borrowers do is they, they pull their hair out, run around trying to find money. They're in such a hurry, but they forget that. And this is why we're talking about it because we want you to go off and get this first, if you can, before you even decide if you, you, know, if you can get that loan. Because that's going to be the, the clencher is whether you get that loan or not. It's the key thing. Forget about everything else. If anything else, you know, the most important thing is getting that approval from the bank that to allow that other lender to lend behind their first mortgage right. um, so that's called a deed of priority and consent the deed of priority you're probably gonna ask me is basically the maximum amount that the the bank is claiming in that mortgage so the second mortgage so the lender. value of the loan yeah. which you wrote on the first mortgage that's right yeah, okay yeah I and that can be encompassing so now the reason why the lenders ask for that is because you might go to them and say here here's my home loan statement and they go, that's great. You got three hundred grand owed against your six hundred mm. grand property. That doesn't sound right, right, right. And so they go and get the deed of priority. And the deed of priority then goes, oh well, actually the credit card's tied in. There's a bank guarantee tied in. The overdraft. And there's an overdraft tied in. Yes. <laughs> we lowered our voices from the lower <laughs> overdraft. Um, so then that property has a, pr a priority amount of not right. 300 it might have 410 420 something higher that's right something higher so that's what they need to get and in, and included usually with the deed is if the bank's giving out a deed it's usually a consent as well okay. and then they can lodge their their second mortgage okay. behind you um so that actually um draws draws out the length of time it takes to get those 
types of second mortgages. Yes. But really, it's just, I guess, a process of going to your bank, speaking to your manager or your contact there, and yeah. just asking for this document. Uh, yep. And then once you have that, then really you've got everything that you need to go off and get yourself a second mortgage. Yeah, and, and, and so you, you usually always get one most of the time, especially if you've got um, good a good you know history yeah. of repayment. Yeah, if you've been a good client, then it's, there's a better chance. Now, some banks, uh, I guess, are more adverse to this, aren't they? So depending on who you bank with, um, some banks you're more likely to get this, and with other banks you're more likely to not get this. Yep. But again, if you've been a good client and paid on time, then you're giving yourself the best chance. Yeah, so you, you know, obviously speak to someone at Loan Desk yeah. here and we'll let you know. You know we, Talk we to me quickly about pricing, yeah. just yeah. very quickly. Um, it's priced monthly, isn't it? So these sorts of second mortgages, it's 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 like a monthly rate. No, no. Um, no. Yeah, first mortgages are usually you're paying back. You know, depending on the length of time. So if it's a three month loan term or six month loan term, yeah. What they do is they don't make you pay back monthly interest repayments, which is I guess another topic because it helps your cash flow. Mm. What they do is they put in place what's called prepaid and capitalized interest. Yep. Now. Sounds fantastic, right? You don't have to pay any interest repayments over the loan term. What you do is you borrow, um, at the start you might borrow a total of $100,000 and that total gross loan amount includes the interest for the full three months, right? Yeah. And when they send you that money on day one, they don't send you a hundred grand, they might send you uh, uh, $95,000, say for instance, right? right? And the the 95 is the net amount you get in your hand, and the five grand is the interest that you'll owe over three months. And what they do is they make you borrow those interest payments for the three months. That's right. So you're borrowing the interest. You're borrowing it, right? You're borrowing it, yeah. and you're paying on top of that as well. And then you're so paying there's on an interest on interest component. Inter- component, yeah. 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 So right. they, that's where you've just got to be, care- you know, making sure that you, you, you're getting into the right loan. Right. But, I mean, if, if, but at the end of the day, you know that I've borrowed 95 grand, and it's only cost me a fixed amount of five grand. Right. So you can work that into your numbers and your commercial viability. What are you doing yep. with the money? Yada, yada, yada. And what's some actual numbers that we could expect? So for a three-month loan? Oh, very short-term loans. Um, you're looking at anywhere from, uh, look, it's anywhere between three to six percent per month. Per month. Per right. month. Yeah, yeah. per okay. month. Yeah. So obviously more expensive than a first mortgage. Definitely. But it is a short-term loan. It serves yep. a purpose and it is best utilized for short-term purposes. Yeah, so you've got to think of it from the lender's perspective. I mean, they're not going to put out 100 grand for three months at 8% per annum because they're not going to make a cent out of it. That's well, right. They're going to make something out of it. Nothing, not, it's not worth their, their time going through the process. Okay. Um, just one minute. We'll just quickly touch on caveat loans. Um, caveat loans work really well. What a caveat is, is it's an unregistered mortgage. Um, and what that basically is put on there for, it's caveat emptor, buyer beware. It means that somebody has an interest in that property. Um, they lodge these on your, on, your, on your property. Lenders lend via these mechanisms so they can settle really quickly on your loans. Um, I'm not going to go into too much detail because we don't recommend using them every day of the week because, you know, there's sometimes you, you can get trapped in them. Um, but we want to make sure that if you do come across anyone suggesting a caveat loan, do not, I repeat, do not give them large sums of money up front because you're in some kind of desperate situation. Ask around. You're sure to find someone who's willing to help you without going through that process. Fill out your profile on this. We'll help you, obviously. Um, I think we're pretty much covered 
that topic. Um, we didn't want to go too deep into it because it's not the most glamorous type product, but it works really well for businesses. It's a simple product. It works. Serves a purpose. That's Serves right. a purpose. Um, Podcast 6 is coming up next. Um, this is a pretty exciting one for us. We have taken on some really exciting new lenders in the network just recently, um, and it's a uh, it's Simon's, I don't know, what's your level of excitement here? Oh, it's at least a 10. It's a 10. <laughs> at least. <laughs> Through the roof. Yeah, he hasn't fallen off his chair. <laughs> Seriously, so it's not I'm that. excited. Yeah, he's pretty excited. But um, this is a product for importers. Uh, we're going to go through inventory uh, inventory finance, which is everyone wants inventory finance yeah. um, and import options. So supply chain funding type options, what we've got. Um, it's a brand new product to loan desk. We want to make sure we, we go over it, show you who qualify, who's suited, um, how it tackles your cash flow gaps and paying your overseas suppliers and everything. Um, don't forget to check out the podcast at loandesk.com.au subscribe to the podcast through uh, iTunes and SoundCloud Um, guys thanks for listening I'm Lee and cool see you guys see you later bye bye